Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We go again. Two games to go and our arch nemesis, Ireland, are coming to town um, it is David, Matt and Alan back to sort of review the team that has just been announced and look ahead to Sunday, the triple crown decider, Scotland versus Ireland, at a sold out BT Murrayfield. Alan, we've had a week to sort of digest the fact that the Grand Slam is not there anymore. How are you feeling about it? Are you getting those energy levels back up? I am. The Six Nations is still on, right? Like, Oh, yeah. We've... Don't let the Irish media hear you say that. They will, <laughs> this is exactly why they hate us. <laughs> but I guess maybe to rephrase that, there has never been a time where in week four of the Six Nations, or I don't think there has ever been a time where we could have mathematically still won the Six Nations. And that's a nice place to be. That is a nice place to be. Matt, are you feeling that sort of warm glow of hope? It's, it's the, the standard where you look at it objectively and it's like the the first place team in the world against the fifth place and the fact we haven't beaten them in seven attempts under Townsend but I'm still like the team comes out and you know the build-up approaches and I'm like I, th- I think we can maybe do this it's horrible I don't know why we keep doing it to ourselves but yeah the the hope is building a little bit yeah it's, it's certainly very very exciting and you can keep in touch with us on match day on twitter in particular that is at thistle rugby pod on instagram thistle underscore rugby underscore pod um and join our league if you haven't already you can still get in at the tail end on fanzo um put in your scores and predict uh predict those and win some pints of guinness to enjoy over the next couple of weeks that's on fanzo and our league is thistle 
join hundreds and hundreds of others for a shot at glory um, in that. Um, Gregor Townsend has named his team for the game on Sunday. So we'll start right there running through that couple of surprising um, changes, two changes um, for the team that faced France. Um, it is Pierre Schoeman, George Turner and Xander Ferguson up front. Richie Gray, Johnny Gray coming into the second row, replacing um, Grant Gilchrist, who's serving his ban for his red card against France. And then in the back row, Matt Ferguson at six, Jamie Ritchie at seven, Jack Dempsey at eight. And then the back line remains unchanged. White, Russell, Tupelotti, Jones, Van der Merwe, Stain and Hogg. Matt, I'll come to you first. You know, it's, it's these days when you're building up, waiting for the SRU to just drop that team. What was the name that jumped out at you most when uh, when you saw the graphic land on Twitter? Well, we'd, we'd been um, spun a tale that Nell was going to be starting at three. So I'm quite, gutted that, I'm quite gutted that Nell's, Nell's dad uh, lied to us on, on Twitter. That was annoying, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but probably the... Yeah, the one that stuck out to me was, was Dempsey, that obviously hasn't started yet this tournament, hadn't really heard much about him um, uh, potentially starting. Um, but I, that's one that stands out. But I look at that back row and I think it's pretty tasty. Um, and I think that so far, Crosby's maybe not had the impact we, we might have hoped. Watson seems isn't like, you know, quite fit, quite firing. And so this six, seven, eight actually seems like a pretty good solution to those problems. Um, it's like a fierce um, confrontational combination of players. So that's the one that stood out to me and, and one that I actually, yeah, really quite like the look of. Alan, Jack Dempsey, one of the biggest shit houses or the biggest shit house that might have played for Scotland? So it's just like a slightly better version of Ryan Wilson, really, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's I guess you would want him on your side in a fight. You'd want him to be in your little gang, wouldn't you? Y- you would, and I'd say that he is definitely the most shit house player in the Scotland team. But I'm not yeah. sure he's the most shit house player on the pitch this Sunday. I think Omani is still yeah. like <laughs> god tier. Yeah. Um, but you got to fight fire with fire, maybe. And, uh, and look, what do obviously- you think the rationale is, shit housing aside, to bringing in Dempsey? Obviously, that little bit of switch up in the back row um, from the from the France game. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I sort of see a sort of one pro, one major pro, and one major con. I think on, on on the pro side, I think actually, if you look at you know the last sort of let's say 200 minutes played by Dempsey and Watson, I think it's hard to objectively say that Watson's played to a higher standard than than Dempsey I think both sort of off the bench for for Scotland and then sort of for Glasgow pre the Six Nations I think Dempsey was playing at a higher standard to what Watson's showed for for Edinburgh at least over the since he sort of come back into the into the team I guess on the con side one of my fears is at the breakdown you know I, I, I think Scotland have potentially been second best in almost all three games so far at the, at the breakdown, or at least especially for the, the first half of the Wales match. And Watson definitely gives you something more on the floor than, than Dempsey does. And I'm, I'm a bit worried that that back row, whilst it might be able to deal with the sort of physicality of that Irish pack, with, with all the players that Ireland have brought back in, I'm just worried that we might get beaten out at the breakdown. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think that if Watson and... If Watson had been sort of fit, firing, 
and Darge maybe had had a couple more games under his belt, then I think that would be one way of combating how good Ireland are at the, at the breakdown um, and sort of neutralising the, the, the physicality of, the, of their pack. And maybe Crosby as well, kind of um, same argument applies. But I think it's just another way of dealing with the breakdown threat that if you can hit them hard at, at source, so um, in the contact in particular, then that's a way of sort of nullifying the likes of Van der Fleer. Um, and I think so far, so far in the tournament as well, from like an attacking perspective, I think we've our forwards have done a pretty good job of getting us over the gain line. Um, but maybe this is just another way of, you know, if we're going to win this game, we can get onto it like further. We're going to have to produce some quick ball and get likes of Van Amerva, Russell Jones, uh, Hogg into the game. So maybe if you're um, carrying over the gain line consistently through Dempsey or Ferguson in particular, then that's that's a way of, of doing it. So it's it's maybe a bit of a kind of like horses for courses, but also just kind of suits the, the context of the of the campaign so far from Scotland. I, I know I was sort of team bring back Darge, but I, I do appreciate that it's, it's maybe a bit tough to uh, go from 65 minutes against what might be one of the worst Zebra teams of all time last week, straight into playing Ireland and the Six Nations. Yeah. Uh, generally, just very quickly, Glasgow beat Zebra 58 and Glasgow were pretty atrocious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Zebra are about, but they, that, they were one of the worst. I think I saw a stat they've lost like 48 of the last 50 games or something like that. Jeez, uh, not great. That is a tough stretch. Imagine if you played in all 50 of those. <laughs> You're a season ticket holder. <laughs> Just really How many they've got? Anyway. I mean, that many. The, the other change, obviously, in the, in the pack there, Johnny Gray um, coming into the row for Grant Gilchrist. I think, Matt, you said it in our review of the France game, you know, looked pretty... Or sorry, do I mean this? Sorry, I do. Yeah, when he came on the the bench against France, you quite happy to see to see Johnny back in there, packing down with Richie? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I mean, Johnny Gray like maybe struggled a bit for form uh, in the last kind of eighteen months or so, but proven performer for for Scotland um, over the very long term, and and as you say, played really well against France. Um, I think it's interesting that Cummings has got the nod over Skinner on the bench. Um, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. Um, that yeah, is right. Yeah. 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 Given because well, I, I was wondering if because the the bench is now five three rather than a six two split, um, if there were sort of discussions about putting in both of them. But given Cummings is um, once again like just been returning from from injury, but um, I think Townsend's talked about the fact that he sort of got the ability to maybe pick the speed of the game up as given how dynamic a player he is. So um, and the fact he can play six as well gives us some quite interesting options. Like I think I think broadly as well that that bench in the forwards is is really strong as well actually as it kind of has been throughout the tournament. So I don't think we lose too much. I, I suppose it'd be interesting at set piece given that Gilchrist seems to be that kind of line out leader and the Irish set piece is is like pretty impeccable. So that that might be the one area where it's a bit more of a of a challenge. I think probably Looking still specifically at the pack, one of the issues is that outside of Tagburn, Ireland are full noise, and they've got that front row, which is is pretty incredible of Porter, Furlow, Furlong, and um, Sheehan all back, and 
there's a bit of a fear around how we might go against that front three. I think our front three are good, but ultimately that front three is is genuinely world class. It's probably the best in the world. Yeah, no, it like is. that. They're they're more France. So yeah, it's pretty. I, I think the the only the only one, as you say, Tyburn. I think there's looking a little bit at the Irish media as well. Like Henderson is obviously the next choice to come in, but he seems to be on his current form a bit of a step down so that's maybe like the one slight yeah. area of weakness there but it's incredibly strong and i think their their replacements are not too shabby either yeah they're quite good side ireland but <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come on to talk about that and the uh and what we might be able to do to beat them in a little second but looking into the back line i mean alan is it it's kind of hard to remember a time when like a Scotland backline has been settled, particularly under Tooney. This is, I think, the well, it's four games in a row in the in this Six Nations. But it, what sort of, I guess, what can we what can we say about that? Is it just that it's performing so well, and we've only just stumbled upon what you know this is going to look like as we go towards the World Cup later in the year as well? I wouldn't say so much. We've sort of stumbled upon it because um, I actually think Tooney's made a made a couple of big calls right you know at the start at the start of the um six nations campaign I, I still don't think any of us would have bet money on um ben white and hugh jones starting ahead of price and um hugh jones and i think ultimately tuny's been kind of vindicated with that decision so i think he's towns has made some good choices at the start he's he's whipped out the tombola at the start and ultimately to your point, it's that backline's just been working really, really well, probably more so than than the pack, you know. And so, therefore, it's kind of made Tooney's decisions kind of easy. He it doesn't need to change because things are are working. And and I actually don't see that changing, probably even depending on the sort of um, result moving into sort of the fifth match. And I think ultimately, yeah. you know, as you look forward to the World Cup, it's really just that Darcy Graham over Kyle Stain. It, it feels like there really could be. A pretty set that settled backline moving into um the, the world cup player in the year and matt you talked about the forwards bench as well obviously ali price blair kinghorn and chris harris two lions on there and blair kinghorn who's really equipped himself fantastically off the bench this six nations that's that gives us an awful lot of options deep into the game as well yeah i i still think it's a a fairly surprising decision to go for the five three split seeing as i think the challenge that ireland present is is in many ways pretty similar to France. And I think that so far that um, having Kinghorn as the utility player has really worked. Um, and I think that maybe if we had a few more injuries, I'd, I'd understand it. But I think Skinner is a really nice option to have. Um, you know, I think the, the Harris one is kind of, it's interesting. We talked about it before, like he's not necessarily much of a an impact player. Um, and I, I I'm not quite sure I buy like the argument of having someone on the bench with a more defensive slant unless they're they play at like nine or ten maybe and they've got more influence on the game as a whole. Um, so it's yeah I'm I'm not I, I don't quite get the rationale behind that but I still think that um, the forwards that are on the bench have done a really good job so far I think in each match um, even the likes of kind of Bergen and Batty who you know maybe. Um, someone like um, I know Bergen's not playing this weekend but we would have expected someone like Sutherland to come in 
I think Batty's actually done a, a really good job. So I'm pretty pretty happy seeing those guys come on. Albeit, I think the the Ireland bench just has a little bit more punch um, to it. But that's kind of throughout the whole the whole team, to be honest. Yeah, so, so, I was just going to say let's let's talk about Ireland. But before we do, can I interest you guys in a really bad omen for the weekend? Opta um, Johnny have just tweeted that Johnny Gray and Richie Gray have started 22 times together. Their last match together starting was Scotland versus England, March 2017, in a 61-21 loss. So, <laughs> but also that, we talked about last week. The last time Richie Gray played against Ireland, we beat them. Yeah. So I don't know. You've got to kind of come in the middle somewhere. You've got to weigh up your omens, don't you? Which one carries a sort of stronger mandate for the weekend, right? I'm worried it's the the first one you mentioned there. (laughs) God, imagine if we lost by six, if they scored 60 (laughs) points for us. That would be really bad. (laughs) Well, I guess that would be like, that would be a true like back in your box moment. We could never really talk up ourselves. Oh my God. I think we'd have to close the pod. I think we're done. I think the the Twitter account would have to take (laughs) at least a year's hiatus to be fair. (laughs) You know, just about a few minutes after Ireland beating us like 60-0, our old Irish troll will appear (laughs) Madge and start just like DMing us, just like horrific abuse on Twitter. I'm actually you'd have to wear it. You'd have to wear that, that might be actually like the the silver lining. I would quite like Madge to come back into our life. Um, that would but no, I, I guess the only thing is what we really talked about is weather, and I guess ultimately weather sixty points is going to be achievable given the likely if, if it's not raining at least wet ball given some yeah. of the conditions and and potential wind that could be that could be sort of floating around. I'm just looking at, yeah, Sunday, seven degrees. It's looking like, yeah, sort of greasy. Not not like lots of rain, but it's definitely going to be wet. Yeah. I just, can't, I just don't think I can handle like Neil Francis coming over the top at us if they were, <laughs> if we were like 50 points. <laughs> we're kind of off, off the ball doing like a kind of, I don't know, quite patronizing episode. But it's good, kind of with yeah. all of them with a bit of a smirk on their faces. A 90-second clip of just Matt Williams being like, these players aren't up for it when it counts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and relating it to his coaching experience. Be like, oh, look, it's endemic. You know, I said it. I pinpointed yeah. it. That's why I had to leave. <laughs> oh, God. That's what we could be staring down the barrel of on Sunday. But, um, you know, Ireland are, as has been written an awful lot, they are the number one team in the world, rightly, based on, obviously, the rankings and their results. Matt? What we've sort of seen, I guess, Italy ran them pretty close or in certain parts, you know, France got got to them a little bit. You know, what is it about, I suppose, the Scotland team, this team in particular, that how do you think we can maybe get at them and sort of get behind them and, and, and sort of what's the path to victory? I think the the only way you can beat them is by winning the battle up front, which like sounds really, easy, really straightforward and obvious, but I think they're such a systems-based team um and they ju- they're just so efficient in what they do and all of that is based on obviously their their skill set is extremely good but it's built on that forward dominance um both through the set piece and and into the breakdown but i think because because of that because they are so wedded to their systems that i think if you can get to them a little bit um up front and they're not getting over the game line consistently then things can break down slightly because obviously um, the likes of, of Sexton, Murray, Gibson Park are like really smart players, but 
I think that their world dominance has been built on those systems. So I think if you can get to them at that and sort of stop them at source, then you've got a chance. Um, and I think that ultimately Scotland needs to keep doing If they can get that done, that's kind of the most important thing. But I think Scotland just keep, need to keep doing what they've been doing through the tournament. Um, Russell having a go, um, playing the percentages when it's on, but trying to get the, the likes of Jones do had into the game as much as possible. But I mean, make no bones about it. I think we're going to have to get like a nine, if not a 10 out of 10 performance from Scotland to to be able to live with Alan because we know on the day they're, they are almost like un, unbeatable, really. Let me, let me give you a shorter answer. Duhan versus Hansen. Yes. <laughs> Literally everything we should be doing is setting up. Obviously, they are on opposite wings. But give Duhan space against Matt Hansen. Just, Just don't swap, believe. Swap the, wing, swap the wings around. It's pretty easy, isn't it? Whenever we've got the ball. Yeah, yeah. but they're, they're going to be marking each other right oh sorry i see what you mean sorry yeah yeah so just doing everything we can to create space for duhan to run at mag hansen that's i'd also that's like do it i'd also like duhan to run at sexton quite a wee bit yeah i don't think pop. i don't think we use duhan enough to do that against like i don't know we could have done it against like marcus smith against england agree no yeah. i think it's a good shout just like that little pop off um thin shoulder just uh target um Sexton, I think would be be a great shout. But yeah, 100%. the last time we talked up, we talked down Mac Hansen. He returned with a man of the match performance. So hopefully that, uh, hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us. <laughs> yeah, I know. To be fair, I I've definitely over the over my whole life completely um, underappreciated Irish players. Go back to people like Hugh Keenan, Van oh, de yeah. Fleer, yeah. Peter Manny, um, you know. Like even yeah, like Ring Rose. I, I definitely like yeah, they're all right. They're not that good. And then just slowly you're like, oh, actually these guys are like world class superstars. So <laughs> um, I think I think I think the other area that I think Ireland will um, target in particular is that aerial battle. Like Murray and Sexton be putting up a lot of bombs, backing Keenan, that man Hansen, and even like Ring Rose and and Low to win a few of those battles and. If I was them, I'd probably be looking back to the last Lions tour that showed that Hogg and Duhan, and even like I think Stain is good under the high ball, but not necessarily been tested by an Ireland. That I think that would be quite a big area. I think Ireland would be happy to um, put Boots ball in their own half and try and get that win territory from that. So I think that's that's a big big area actually on the day. No, agreed, and I guess obviously interesting they've chosen. Murray over Gibson Park. I guess obviously the the man who's going to be on the receiving end of a lot of that, picking up his his hundredth cap, Hoggy. Yeah, he's pretty, tough yeah, yeah, pretty incredible. And I think Tom English did sort of say it that you know he was the first kind of rock star of professional rugby in Scotland. But I I do think it's true, right? Him and Finn really are like the two rock stars of professional rugby in, in Scotland. And um, Sean Lamont with his hair is a bit more sort of rock no, starry, you would say, def- early days. Def- definitely not. <laughs> Didn't no. back De- up with performance, but De Rolo, Mark- yeah. Marcus DeRolo is not rock star. Uh, yeah, kind Morrison. of rock star name, that might have been about it. That's, That's true. true, yeah. But it, I, do re- I, do, I do remember that 09 game when Hoggy came on against Wales, and there was even then just something about him you were like, 
oh, oh shit. Yeah. We we've not yeah. had something like this before. Yeah. So Even that that just try, like high voltage, just like yeah. sheer pace, unreal. The tr- the try he scored against um England Saxons the week before for Scotland A. Oh. That that was it was kind of at that point it was like, yeah, we haven't had a player that can do this in yeah. a long long time if if maybe ever. So hundred caps saw, by thirty yeah. is really like super impressive, like pretty durable. I think there's well. only I think there's only since he made his debut. He's only missed something like one Six Nations game, which is pretty really? incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's mad. He could get to... What could he get to? 125? World Cup this year? A couple more years in the six of internationals? He, he doesn't seem like the sort of player that is going to retire himself from international rugby, right? He, he, he no. seems to just love it way too much. Yeah. So I guess it's then... Yeah, how long is he as the starter? And then if he's not the starter, does he command he the bench? He want it, yeah. So, um, but no, I, I think you're right. I think sort of 120, 130 plus is um, is definitely on the card, right? Yeah, to 30 tries as well. I'm sure he'd be quite keen to do that because I think he's on, what, is it 27 he's on? Yeah. yeah. That's the record. Is he a uh, Scottish rugby Mount Rushmore? I, th- I think so. Of all time or of professional era? Yeah, exactly. You can sort of cut that different way, right? Yeah. But yeah, certainly the professional era, right? There's, there's I think, always like, yeah, I think of all time. What is your all time? Your all time, uh, Mount Rushmore, Matt. Um, Craig Smith. Um, <laughs> Chunk. Marpo. <laughs> Mar- yeah. Marpo. Uh, it's just just front row players, really. It's got to um, it's got to be big Gav. Big Gav. Big Gav. Andy Irvin. Andy Irvin. Basically all fullbacks. Hoggy, Hog, Finn, Finn Calder. Is that your four? Maybe, yeah. I'm sure there's people that would be like, oh, you know, Ian Paxton or John Rutherford, but oh, which have all got like a good, a good call for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're sort it's of like four it, slots. Yeah, it's sort of like 1980. It's 1980 onwards, right? It's that those those four seem professionally. Guess, it would be Hoggy, Finn, who would be your Patterson. other two? Patterson, yeah. I, I think I think Rushmore deserves a pro player, and I think that hockey has probably been the best of the pro era. Yeah, no, I I agree with yeah, agree with you're that right. Sure. Um, where would Matt, where would that Rushmore go in Scotland? Rampions, some of that. A nine, just like on <laughs> driving up the. You A9 could install somewhere. it next to the Kelpies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think Become then the, it. it would be Patterson, Townsend, Russell? And hog, I guess it's all backs. We're being a little bit um, disrespectful to the forwards, but, but that, yeah, that, that feels like a nice four. I think that's fair. Caps wise, Ross Ford might come into the equation, but I, I don't know, man. If Even it's the though Kelpies, he went on 2009, he yeah. was never like world class, though, was he? Yeah, Ross and if Ford. it's the Kelpies, Finn's got to be there, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Falkirk legend. So. We should speak to the artists that did the Kelpies and see if they could sculpt it. It'd be quite nice. It'd be quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking ahead to it on Sunday, you know, there's not too much more to talk about. But Ireland seven point favourites with the bookies. You know, Scotland certainly the underdogs here. Alan, I'm going to come to you first. What do you think is actually going to happen? What's an actual score prediction from you? I don't know what I was expecting, but seven was maybe a tad lower I, I was yeah. thinking maybe sort of yeah. like eight eight nine ten but i guess mix of sort of scotland have played well 
and also probably the weather just plays yeah. plays a sort of part. Um, I I actually think it's going to be a pretty tight match, but I think Ireland are going to win sort of between one to four points. I think it's going to be a real like one try one try a piece, and it's just going to be like one penalty for Ireland yeah. or like, not a particularly exciting. Sort of slow, sort of slow, slow grinding, <laughs> depressing match. Oh, that's so bad. And obviously, in the context of the Six Nations, which we're trying to win, and the Triple Crown, that's a bad result. But you know, given where Ireland are in world rugby right now, and where this Scotland team is growing to be, would losing by less than one score be a bad result in the grand scheme of things? So, question actually on that. So, for us to win the Six Nations, we probably need a bonus point win. Yeah. Are we just discounting that? And saying that actually no, <laughs> we got to focus on winning, winning the match and winning the triple crown. Forget any, you know. Obviously, if we end up scoring two or three tries, then then maybe start thinking about it. But you, you can't think about you can't go into this thinking we're getting a bonus point. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like Finn is prone to an interception at the best of times. Like if you give him that incentive, that is uh, pretty bad. I think I think even when like Leinster are playing ben- like Zebra and need a five point win. They're always like, we will focus on the victory first. <laughs> so, like, within this context. Matt, are you thinking the same sort of gritty, tight, low scoring, but Ireland ultimately prevailing? Um, it, it, I think it could go one of two ways. I think that if Ireland get the upper hand and, you know, we've talked about it a lot during the tournament, like Scotland fall behind a bit and have to play and things don't quite come off. Because I think ultimately in this tournament, we have shown ourselves to be a little bit loose at times then I think it could be like a bit of a long day at the office. Um, but then at the same time, I'm like, I'm not, I don't think, feel I've personally backed Scotland this much, that much this tournament. Like I thought that England might sneak it against them. And I thought Wales would be a lot tighter. And I thought that against France, we were done after 50 minutes, whoever it was. But I don't know, maybe, maybe I should change my ways and, and say that I think if we're if we're gonna beat them, this is like one of our best chances in a long, long time, if not through the the whole sort of Townsend um, yeah. time in the hot seat. So yeah, that my my heart says I think we we can do it, whereas my head says I think that sort of eight nine point win for for Ireland is is more likely. But I'm, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna back Scotland. I'm gonna back Scotland to do it by six points maybe. I think it might be our day. I'm basing that on just very little bit of hope, but there we go. Just vibes? Yeah, vibes. Finn, Finn yeah. to just have this, like, I don't know, era-defining performance against Sexton. <laughs> did you see Kevin Miller did that list of um, Scottish 10s that have beaten um, Johnny Sexton? No. Over time. Oh, it was, it was Who bad. Who is it? Phil Godman. Of course. So, th- so this is for, I think it was presumably for Scotland and um sorry Ireland against Clark. Ireland and against Leinster. Oh. Um so Godman, Parks, Rui Jackson. Two out of three legends. Yeah. So Big names. When we won in twenty seventeen, Sexton Paddy wasn't ja- playing. Paddy, ja- Paddy Jackson was playing. That's why we won. Yes, he was. <laughs> ah. Oh in fact, actually I'm wrong. Colin Gregor also his for Glasgow has beaten yes. Johnny Sexton in 2007. Yes, <laughs> 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 that one, Jim, that one plagues Johnny Sexton in particular. I mean, it might have like, literally been his debut. 
So. <laughs> wow. Any more for any more? No, I just yeah, blowing my mind that Sexton's only ever lost to Dan Parks. Jackson's okay. done it twice. Jackson done it for Scotland and for Wasps. But did Jackson do it for Scotland? I thought yeah, it was in, just in 2011. I, was I, it that, was it that, that we, World Cup warm-up one? Oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. When we beat Ansborough, Murrayfield. Ansborough scored a try, I remember. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 So in the Doesn't 60s. really count. <laughs> no. Excited. Never. Obviously, Sunday afternoon game sort of kind it's, of. That's a shame. I know. How good would a Friday night game be tonight? Ireland, Scotland, under yeah. the lights. I think a yeah. Friday night in Edinburgh is something that they're missing a trick on. I think we've talked about this before, but I do think a Friday night at, at Murrayfield would be really good. I appreciate it's like an issue if you don't live in Edinburgh, but that doesn't imp. You know, yeah. like it's just it's extremely central belt centric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the way that Scott Rail is run, there's basically no way you're getting back to Glasgow either. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll yeah. put we'll everyone you know Edinburgh people will put everyone up. It'd be sweet. That would be that would be sweet. Yeah. What do you what do you think on the on the day that on the day that um Jackson led Scotland to victory against Sexton? Who do you think was in that back line? Just a couple of names. So 2011. Do you say? Yeah. Yeah. Full back. Uh, we've already talked about him on the podcast. Wait. Oh, the 2011 Hoggy. match. Yeah. No, yeah. Hoggy. No, not uh, not Hoggy. No. Was, not Hoggy. Oh, Patterson. Yeah. Um. Cut. Anne's back playing. in yep, yep. Back in Cusseter? No. It's too late. A close close to Cusseter. A bit like a kind of rival at the time. Roy Cusseter. Lawson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So wait, Lawson, Jackson. Was Ansborough in the centres? Yeah, thirteen. With Henderson or Morrison? Morrison. Oh god. Morrison, Ansborough, Hoggy, fullback. Simon Webster? We've already talked about one of the wings on this podcast oh, Le- actually Le Mans. yeah yeah and the, the other one um, max evans Bor- tom evans borders, borders legend lee jones nah, that's that's too early i think yeah recently recently spotted getting a meal deal by some nicky walker nicky walker <laughs> yeah recently spotted getting a meal yeah. deal yeah the frames Cuth- of reference Cuthbert, for that are so good that's Cuthbert, for the ultras yeah cuthbert de luca and laidlaw the back subs Holy moly. Was that the season we had the blue with the gold trim? I think it might have been. That was quite nice. I like the gold trim looking back on it. I wasn't partial. Well, on that, <laughs> we will end it. We will end um, our preview Scotland versus Ireland this Sunday. The Triple Crown is coming home. Um, and we will be covering it on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. Follow us on Instagram as well, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod. And last orders or second last orders for our Fanzo um, Pint Predictor League. Get yourself in there. Um, win yourself pints of Guinness by predicting the correct scores of the games across the weekend. That's Fanzo and the league code is Thistle. Um, and we will be back next week. Come hell or high water. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.